0: I can't think of a belief more psychologically toxic than the modern Christian conception of hell. Now that probably stirs up some feelings within a lot of people. Over time, Christians have believed in different Views of hell. And the one that we have today, we call it eternal conscious torment, has derived its legitimacy more from the book Dante's Inferno than it has from the early Christian belief in hell, although, although they've been all over the map. But the belief in conscious eternal torment has really taken root, and there are reasons why. Now, we call these beliefs, if it's a maladaptive belief and a belief that's not true, we call it a cognitive distortion. And it's essentially a lie that you build a lot of your life around. It's kind of like this. Let's say you buy a beautiful piece of property and there's a spot on a hill where you're going to build a house. And somebody tells you that there's a landmine right where you want to build your house. It's going to be your dream house up on the hill, but you can't build there because there's a landmine buried there and either you're going to die or one of your kids are going to die one day. And so the only place you have left to build your house is inferior. It's down in like a ravine. And so you build your house down in this less optimal place, down in a ravine, and then you live there. And so all of your life is now somehow shaped around this like you you build you you build out your yard you have you let your kids play out there and then it floods because you're in a low spot and then things get damaged in your life before you even realize it is built all around the fact that you believed in a lie and all the while there was no landmine but now you have your entire life structured around this lie I I first realized that the belief in hell wasn't what I thought it was whenever I was in graduate school. And I started reading the original languages and I started studying the original context and I started to to, to realize just from, uh, with, with little agenda there, that, oh my goodness, like this isn't what I thought it was. All my life, I've been painted this picture that if you messed up, that... God was up there in the sky watching, and he was going to send you to this place of eternal, conscious torment. Now, those three words are really, really important. One, eternal. So, it's the worst, uh, it's the longest amount of time imaginable. Two, Conscious, you're not even going to be able to escape being aware that this is happening, and three, torment, so it's the worst thing happening for the longest possible amount of time. So in the evolution of ideas, it makes sense that this idea would take root because of what it does to us psychologically. It's a threat of the worst kind. And if someone threatens you, you can't let go of that threat until you know that it's safe. So what we have to do is reprocess it. Now, here's how this works. It works much like shame works in your brain. If someone tells you, hey, there's poison in your steak, (laughs) you're not going to want to eat the steak. And even if they tell you, no, I was just kidding, there's not poison in your steak, you go on and eat it, but what are you thinking the whole time? So you can't exactly undo the comment that there was poison in the steak that you're about to eat even if somebody tells you that they were just kidding, and even while you may eat it, you're always going to be wondering. So I've met lots of people who say that they don't believe in an angry God anymore like they used to who would send you to an eternally conscious, tormenting place, but whenever they're lying on their deathbeds or whenever they're getting older, they say, I just hope that I've done enough to make them happy. See, this is a threat. It's a threat, and where do threats come from? If, you know, if you're a parent, you know this. A threat comes from a place of scarcity. Like a threat is your last resort. As a dad, I'm only going to threaten my kids whenever I've run out of all other options. And so you finally bring down the big hammer. Well, if this isn't going to work and if that isn't going to work, I'm just going to threaten you because I'm bigger, I'm stronger, and ultimately I'm going to win. But whenever we project that persona on the creator of the universe or on the big narrative or the overarching God that we believe in, then all of a sudden we've created for ourselves a really, really toxic place because we believe in a universe whose maker or creator or the source behind it all doesn't have enough and is forced to threaten us. See, that's why I would say that this is one of the most toxic beliefs ever. But it's also toxic because of what it does to you. It puts you in a double bind. Because what if it were true? What if there actually was such a thing as conscious eternal torment? Can anyone prove that to you, that it is incorrect? No, And it's the worst thing imaginable, and so why not be safe? And it puts you in a double bind. So, it is evolutionarily, in the evolution of ideas, it almost seems inevitable that something like this would take root. But what do you do whenever you've already been believing in this belief system that wasn't original to Christianity, that has been put in your brain and it is so difficult to get out. Well, you do with it what you have to do with any other cognitive distortion. In cognitive behavioral therapy, you go through reprocessing of traumatic events. It's much like what happens with PTSD. and, and The similarities between people who have believed in hell and people who have forms of PTSD are pretty striking. What you have to do is you have to go back and you have to revisit the place where you first began believing that false belief. Who was it that inserted that belief in your head? Maybe it was an old preacher. Maybe it was a grandparent. Maybe it was someplace. It was probably early in your childhood when you first got this conceptualization. And you have to go back and revisit that place. Because this isn't about logic. See, what a lot of people want to do is they want to like take all of the Greek words and they want to have this big spreadsheet and break it all down. And figure out what belief came from where, and all of this, and like, who has time for all of that? One, and then who knows if they're right if they do all of that two? And so you can do that, and and I've gone through a lot of that, but ultimately, ultimately, it's not going to make you feel any different or change your emotional state in which you are locked into this cognitive distortion. You have to go back to the place where somebody first told you there was a landmine on the hill or where they told you there was poison in your steak, And you have to revisit that scenario in your brain and then you have to reprocess it. And it may take several times of doing this, but whenever you get there in a calm state and you let yourself relive that and you reprocess that belief and you say, you know what? what if? What if that person didn't know everything? what if that person had a reason why they were wrong about this and what if it wasn't true see you could you could literally turn your life around and let go of the stronghold that other people have on you that's manipulating you and causing you to live your life in a ravine of fear where you feel like there are no other options because you've believed something that wasn't actually technically true for all of this time. And then you can start to build your life up on the hill and you can start to rebuild All of the things that you've not been able to let yourself do and start to become the person that you really want to become. And that is moving your life from living underneath a God of scarcity who is threatening you to living an abundant life where the God of the universe is for you creating the kind of world that he would probably want.